Welcome to Chucked. We hope you're having a great week. It is a cold, cold March Wednesday here, the March before March Madness, and uh, we're glad to have you with us today on Chucked. I'm Charles Braxton, and I'm with Austin Charles, and uh, Oz, what do you want to talk about today? Um, well, for our Cleveland fans, how about uh, how about the Browns moves first? That's huge, yeah. yeah. Tony Grossi tweeted out, um, it was it? Last night I was reading, um, the Browns got older, therefore they got better. That's what no I was brain just thinking. Surgeries. Yeah, I yeah. Think of that. But that's, yeah, they were so young. That's uh, genius. Dorsey made some moves. It's yeah. good to see. Well, it looked like he he knew he had to get Tyrod Taylor or someone because he would have gotten left out in the cold had he not gotten a quarterback before all this free agency flurry mm. happened. So I think it's promising too that they didn't go after a Keenum or a Cousins and you know give some monstrous contract mm. that. It tells. I think that 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 tells me they're moving to. Um, they're still looking for the right guy, or, or you know, looking to the future, and not just uh, going to settle yeah. with someone that has a lot of scar tissue. Is, you know, as well yeah, as and, and they need. They have so many roster needs to give a bunch of money to one guy would mm-hmm. just strain that. So many holes that are left to to fill. Well, if you had Tyler Taylor last week last year, gives you a couple games. Yeah, they went, They probably went through four games. Which is not anything to write history well, books about. If you're a Browns fan, <laughs> that's a <laughs> it that's an infinite. Keeps interest. you from the 0 and 16. Yeah, uh, there is uh, history. Then yet. they signed Carlos Hyde, which Tony Grossi believes that means the Saquon Barkley ship has sailed, which uh, I'm disappointed in because I I just think he's special. Mm-hmm. You know his pass catching ability out of the backfield. He makes whoever is the quarterback that I much does. better. I just I don't know, but I don't know anything. They know everything. Obviously, they're the professionals. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, roll. The uh, the other Cleveland team is in the struggle bus. Yeah. So what? I did West Coast. Yeah. Tour. So last. Well, they night. won last night. Yeah. yeah they won which by doesn't really some. count. It's Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even. Not many people remember they still have a basketball team in Phoenix. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the Cavs are. Um, I I've lost. Comp- I've I've almost lost um, interest in watching them. Honestly, I. Um, I don't see the I don't see the need to unless they got on a win streak. I, um, yeah, they've they've disinterested me. I don't know. Well, you know, once you've won a championship, I think there's a little bit of the regular season as a whole just mm-hmm. takes a notch down. You're waiting for the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, just the relative meaning of the regular season or lack thereof is is certainly evident when you've won a championship in recent years. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. I I, I watch them. As you know, I do my mm-hmm. half an hour flip through watch, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah. yeah. So the things are looking up, man. Yeah. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> they are looking up, yeah. yeah. And baseball is coming in a couple of weeks, which to me is sign of spring with the Masters coming. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that week where the Masters and then baseball. And and it used to be for me March Madness. I'm not as excited about that championship game anymore. But we'll talk about that. But uh, you know, it used to be like that was like the the prime week of the year in sports. Mm-hmm. Well, how about <laughs> Tiger? Though, I yeah. Mean, speaking of someone yeah. we've we've, uh, we've talked about before, yeah, on Chucked, um, that's pretty remarkable. It really is. Does there consi- do you see? I mean, longevity with that? Is that well? I do. See, that wasn't like he wasn't last weekend. I watched all four of his rounds, and he wasn't patching it together with chipping and putting. He actually didn't putt 
great. Saturday he did, right? Yeah, Saturday, maybe Saturday. One of those days Saturday he made he some putts. Sunday he just couldn't he just couldn't get it in the hole. Um, but he had a tremendous ball striking tournament, which mm. is a sign. You saw him mm. controlling his trajectory. That's his big deal, distance and trajectory, and, and controlling that. I mean, you could see, so cool now, the technology, the tracer technology, you could see hitting that stinger off the tee that looks like it goes about 15 feet off the ground, 260 mm. yards. And, uh, I mean, just his, you know, he's in his driver well, and he, if he starts making some putts, look out. Satorially speaking, the black and red was great to see again. Yeah, that yeah. was the the true yeah. um, varsity carmine red, you know, um, and the black pants and black shoes, black hat. That was yeah. that was neat to see. Um, I you hope know, it's good for golf. Well. It's it's just it's good for golf. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. He he, you know, NBC, the ratings were off the charts. It's just fun to see. You know, I, 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 I'm always in a root for greatness to be great again, as we've talked about with. You know, as I doomed Dom, Tom Brady's um, sixth Super Bowl win with my um, thing on him, but um, you know, I, as I in that litany of all these greats that we're in the presence of right now, I, I love watching that. I, I know I'm, 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 I find myself almost pulling for Serena this year more than, you know, I've always been a fan of her as an American, as a, you know, as a great athlete, but. Um, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to see Serena win again, win another major, and um, Tiger to to win again. That would be that yeah. would be so fun. Yeah, it really would. It would be good for the, mm-hmm. the respective sports. March Madness is uh, apparently starting, unbeknownst to me. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't know that was on. I was I was watching a WTA um, second round match at Indian Wells instead you of are the, the, tennis uh, the, geek. the draw. <laughs> the, um, when you're the watching the WTA. <laughs> it's uh, a Women's Tennis Association for those that don't know. Uh, they're second round in Indian Wells. Um, but uh, but yeah, March Madness started. And mm-hmm. uh, um, who, were the four, who were the top four seeds? Villanova, I'm guessing? Yeah, one of Villanova, them. Xavier, Kansas. Xavier, really? Yeah, and I'm forgetting. Shout out to Anthony and uh, John out there who are yeah, Xavier yeah, nuts. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just tremendous. They've got to... They've got us. I'll know. pull for them. I'll I, you know, them. so yeah, we're going to talk about that today about March Madness because I, I told you I don't want to be a party pooper, mm-hmm. you know, on the cultural phenomenon that is March Madness. However, it just doesn't have the draw for me that it used to. And uh, let's talk about those reasons today. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is it for us? We're mm-hmm. we're uh, like I'll follow Ohio State. Um, I don't see him going far, but yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you who the fourth seed is, mm-hmm. and uh, that's I, I really don't like that in the sense that I don't, I don't want to seem like you know I'm raining on the March Madness mm-hmm. parade. As a leader, you try to be involved in your culture in any way possible, and that's a, a really fun thing. But uh, yeah, the 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 bloom has been taken off the rose of college basketball for me in recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of reasons for that one is the one and done. I really believe has hurt the quality of college oh, basketball. Really has hurt it. I, I, do you think that um, that if they if they went back to out of high school, it would get back to the college basketball would get, would benefit from that if they went back to because I think it inevitably will go back to eighteen year olds should be able to play in the NBA. Yeah, I think it should too. I mean, if you can do that in baseball, you, you just it's insane. Mm-hmm. It hurts the NBA product. You have so many young guys on rosters who are not really ready to play, but mm-hmm. 
the, the D League is expanding, and I think guys are yeah. finding more of a purpose within that. Yeah, and there are only know. three NBA teams that don't have a D League representation, and that's going to the, change. Uh, Silver has has certainly made a push to emphasize and make that a bigger a bigger brand and yeah. um, and, and better. But but yeah, um, for me, I was just talking with a friend who's who's a huge college basketball fan, and um, he goes he's gone to a, a number of Final Fours and. Um, his family's big college basketball fans, and um, and we were talking, and you know, I, I as a kid, I loved college basketball, mm-hmm. and um, I, and I, you know, I loved, uh, you know, as I mentioned to him, Dan Dickow of Gonzaga, you mm-hmm. know, those kinds of players, um, Carmelo Anthony when he played that that national championship year with, um, with uh, Jim Beheim and Syracuse, it was the reason I started wearing um, white socks halfway up my calf was because of mellow you know like, i just thought it was so cool that he did that you know um but i loved college basketball i loved the big east you yeah. know i remember just yeah. loving big east basketball and those you know thug new york city point guards it seemed like every big east team had um, tough guys. Yeah. but uh i think there's something to be that that just kind of comes to mind for me is um we live in something i heard the other day of um, this talk, a sermon, in uh, the speaker was speaking out in the inner city. The most dreaded day of the year is is um, Father's Day because nine out of ten families, kids don't have a dad, so it's just a dreaded day, Father's Day. And so he makes this parallel to what happens when you know when we're without a father as a godless nation, and when we're constantly just stripping down things that are sacred that are meant to be sacred, and not to get like so you know deep with relating it to college basketball or vice versa, but I think what I see there, the connection I see there is look what ha- have we gotten any better by stripping this what is sacred about human beings being human and what each individual's rights are within a godless, fatherless country because even if something is much smaller and surface level as college basketball, what I see there is, sounds silly, but you strip away the sacred tradition of the Big East, that which made college basketball, I mean, Syracuse and UConn and, you know, Nova and all these teams, St. John's, and you, and you, and you pull them away from each other. Nothing ever good comes when you just, when you take away tradition, you take away what's sacred to it. You know, it, it baffles me when I hear the argument from college basketball fans that, well, it's, it's the tradition of it. I'm like, day by day, almost literally, college basketball is losing tradition. So that argument yeah. becomes, uh, it's not relevant. That's the college experience, you know, your, your alma mater, your mm-hmm. fight song, your colors, uh, your your chants, you know, all those things. We saw it definitely with the Big 12 when R- Nebraska and Oklahoma parted ways and and you had, you, had uh, you know, uh, a couple of teams going to the Southeast Conference and, you know, the old Southwest Conference, that tradition. So you had that weakening and you've seen that in definitely mm-hmm. uh, the disbanding of the original Big East was mm-hmm. was was not good for college basketball. I, you know, as a Big Ten Big Ten fan, um, there was a net zero effect of Rutgers and Maryland being added. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just that's just has no 
that has I don't know I I would I would if I had to I'd say it's negative effect because it's just well, as a fan if college basketball college football I just I'd rather see Ohio State play Iowa I would play too. Indiana I or would play too. Wisconsin or whatever you know whether yeah. you know then yeah Rutgers yeah. or yeah. and I you know like so I think of Maryland I think of Tom McMillan and John Lucas battling North Carolina mm-hmm. State. And David Thompson, and and you know, I mean, it's just even in the modern era, Juan Dixon and Jay Williams. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. And those, that's those, a little bit more relevant. Yeah, those those you know that was that was that was that was getting its way to intruding upon the Duke Carolina thing. It was, you know? yeah. I remember that Saturday night we came home after church one night, and and uh, they Maryland and Duke were playing mm-hmm. in a game. Jay Williams and and Juan mm-hmm. Dixon. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I you know that hurts. I'm I'm definitely affected. The other element is, I mean, I can handle corruption. There's nothing in this world that's not tainted, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I I'm not saying I ju- we justify it. College football is corrupt, but the level mm-hmm. of just blatant corruption in college basketball mm-hmm. with AU with shoe companies is just it just turn off for me. Mm-hmm. Like even this year. There's a really good chance whoever wins this tournament is going to vacate it. Now think about that. <laughs> There's a really good chance. Oh man, is going to vacate this, yeah. and it's just that hugely takes interest away from me. And I, I mm-hmm. you know, I just, I, I, yeah, I just it doesn't interest me. I, I'm an I'm an old school guy in terms of skill level, and I, I just sometimes I question. And this goes, that's meandering a little bit, but I question the skill level. Uh, you know, with some things. Uh, I told you a few weeks ago and chucked the removal of the leather ball to now the mm-hmm. fake leather ball with the gold Wilson on it. It looks like they're playing with somebody's outdoor driveway ball. Mm-hmm. It's just things like that, you know? It's just like... Uh, it's, it's, so all that put together, here's this product that it's still... It's still pretty strong, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be loyalists. You have to discount yeah, the loyalists. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, but there's zillion office pools going mm-hmm. on this week. Uh, after this week, next week, interest wanes significantly as everybody's brackets get blasted into oblivion. But for me, part of the relevance of this talk is is staying relevant. You know, the, how to how to Preserve the core and stimulate progress with your product, with what it is you're offering the world. That's part of my interest in, in just watching products, in this case, NCAA basketball, which is saved every year by March Madness. Mm-hmm. But people like me are losing interest. I'm not the only one. You're not the only one. There, there are... There are other folks that are losing interest, and uh, so for me, that has a you know a constant analysis value to it. Mm-hmm. You know, what about you? Yeah, I, I th- yeah, you already dealt with the sacredness. Well, yeah, right? I think the, more of the the core of it. One of the reasons I don't like college basketball and I don't watch it, aside from uh, if Ohio State makes a run, but that has nothing to do with necessarily college basketball. That has to do with the tradition and yeah. What if their I ping feel pong of, team made a run, I would be watching them on the Big Ten absolutely. Network. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, f- but for me, the first side of why I lose, lose interest in college basketball and it's not relevant with me is um, I know a thing or two about basketball. And um, when I when I first started losing interest in it is when I I remember I was like 16 or something and I went to a UD game and I realized I could do this this is not that impressive 
So when my team is not um, in it and not, you know, Ohio State, I don't, I had, I didn't watch the Villanova Carolina game last year, but, it, but that going off of that when I was 16, the skill level is not, isn't better. It's not a better brand of basketball and anyone. It's a more uh, physical with a, with brand a, of basketball. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, the interesting thing is there are so many trainers in the NBA and the reason they're there is because kids are raised through AAU where they just play games and then they go into college basketball where it's all about the the, the, the three worst words in, in basketball I think ever is run the offense. And it's all about, you know, this, this, this team stuff, which is great, but they're skill wise. I really don't think I, I, you could make a case and there'd be a longer case that, um, there is far less skill. And when guys get to the NBA, they have all these personal trainers because they have to be taught skill. They're just these athletes that played a zillion games in AAU and, you know, in college and practice and they're running sprints and they're running the offense and defense, but when they get the NBA, they have to be taught skill. Bill, Ben Simmons to, to, you know, all these guys that, um, they're not taught college basketball doesn't have skill. It has teamwork, which is great. Very virtuous. I'll give it that. They slap fours. That's awesome. There's passion. And then they just run sets, you know, and, um, that's just not exciting to me. I want to see skill. I want to see James Harden going one-on-one. Like, (laughs) I mean, that is, that is more, that is, that is basketball today. This is not Bob Pettit era. Like this is not Bob Cousy era. And that's, I think that's what people are, are wanting at that. But, um, so for me, just the, 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 just the basketball side of it, um, it's not good basketball to me. I don't like jump stops. I don't like pump fakes. I don't like six, eight white guys that play center. I don't want that. I don't floor slapping doesn't do it for me. Um, what does do it for me is, um, is yeah, James Harden going one-on-one, you know, dribbling the ball. And, and, and that's exciting because I can't do that. <laughs> I can slap a floor. I can learn a set. Um, I could have averaged six points per game for UD, uh, I can't do what James Harden did. That's impressive. So I guess it does come down to preference a little bit, but, um, but yeah. And then the other side of it is um, they don't, I don't think college basketball gives me a reason aside from that to, to get invested into it when it, then it is. So uh, when you make a claim, like you just made with the winner could have this pulled away from them. I mean, um, which is, which in itself I think dumb. We all know Louisville won a national championship. I know. It's just the most insane. <laughs> the fact that they were inane. sexually promiscuous yeah. has nothing to yeah, do with their had, play on the, the court. Most, it is the most. If anything, we should commend them for penalty. being able to accomplish that without yeah. amount of partying and going yeah. on the night before. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. So go back to that. You know, I, I, um, what things in your life had relevance or had zazz and pizzazz to them? That as you mature or grow up, I shouldn't say this is related to a maturity issue because that's not the case with with college basketball. But as you're, you know, you're in your late twenties now, that they don't have the same level of interest. And then, you know, you you can only serve one master, right? So mm-hmm. you you can't you can't have too many passions. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that? As a product, as a presentation, as an event, as an experience, that you would say, yeah, it's lost its relevance to me. 
Yeah, I think part not all of the blame can be put on this uh, like entity of college basketball as a whole because it is in a day of age where we can really get selective of what we want to have. And for me, I know I have sports equity with my wife that I can only use so much of. <laughs> and if Indian Wells and Roger Federer are on this week, I'm not watching college basketball. I want to watch Federer. Yeah. You know, if um, uh, I'll watch less tennis when the NBA finals are on because I want, you know, I have only have so much. If I was single and, it, and not, it's not, this isn't a husband-wife issue, but if I just had more time on my hands and I just had nothing to do, I'd watch a ton of college basketball. You know, I would. I don't know um, if I believe that or not. I mean, I might not, but I mean, <laughs> I, don't I, I, I guess I say like um, something more that I'm interested in more. I might watch the feature um, college football game Saturday nights. It's not Ohio State. You know, I might yeah. watch things like that. Yeah. That, um, but because I also I think uh, that represents a lot of people and how they view sports and take in sports, which is we only, you know, is our sports viewing economy, you know, it's not limitless. Mm -hmm. We have, and and we, but we also have the choice to choose what we want to watch. And um, therefore that's, what's relevant in our lives. Um, So it's not all on college basketball's fault. We pin it on that, but I think there is a a component of it that um, you're, you know, you're, you're fighting, you know, other things. If you're, I'm trying to gain people's attention that are, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, here I want to make this, uh, you know, this issue. Here's a relevant issue spiritually, too, is one of the areas, this touches on an area where you and I are very similar. And that is when we go after something, we go hot mm-hmm. for it. Um, and, I mean, we're just we're just all in. So, in this case, tennis is one of those things that for a decade now... Mm-hmm. You know, all in that squeezed for me. That squeezed out golf. I don't golf nearly, nearly as much. I think I played three, four times last year. And um, when I surrendered my life to Christ, when I was twenty, I was twenty, twenty-one. Knowing that about myself, and you have that first love feeling when mm-hmm. you come to Christ, you know, and you surrender your life. I remember distinctly saying, Lord, don't make let this be a fad. Hmm. You know, don't let this be a fad. Don't let this be another one of my, I'm hot for this for a year, five years, and then on to the next toy, then on to the next fun thing. And um, for me, he answered that prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it's gripped me for life, and now I'm... I'm trapped in this Jesus mm-hmm. thing. And so as we, you know, we got a, a few minutes here, apply the relevance of that to you as you see it. So right now you're really hot on tennis, but you don't want your walk with Christ to be that way, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want it to be, I don't want to say sustainable, but a, 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 an ever-growing fervency Um you know, in Romans, Paul says, you keep your zeal for the Lord. In other words, you're responsible for keeping your zeal for the Lord. He told Timothy, fan into flame, you know, the gift that's been given you. And so for you, you're not going to work on college basketball. Oh, I ought to be a more fervent fan. No, you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Ohio State starts winning, you'll start following. But if not, you know, same way I am. But this is different. Mm-hmm. This, in life, we have to 
fan the flames, lest this Jesus thing become a fad. How do you do that? Well, I think what is synonymous to what you're saying there with, with fervent is faithfulness. And I think that's what you're talking about is, Lord, make me this something that I'm faithful to that is not something that's, that's hot when I'm happy and it's cold when mm-hmm. I have to choose joy or I have, I'm under stress with this and then I can just walk away. Um, so I think what you're talking about is faithfulness. And I think, I don't think it's, I don't think God wired us in a way to be faithful to things, going back to my point, that we don't think are sacred. Now, a moralist has a, might agree with Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, as an historical figure that was a really great teacher, a really good rabbi, but that's about it. It's hard to, to be faithful to that, to the pursuit of going through the trials of doubt and reason to come to a point where he is, I'm faithful to it because if what he did on the cross, if what Jesus's life is, was about and is about and what he has done and will do is not sacred. If those three syllables, Jesus Christ are not sacred, I don't see any reason or any way one could be faithful to it. If I don't deem my marriage sacred, mm-hmm. I can will myself to belonging only to my wife, but I don't trust myself if I'm not seeing it as something that's sacred that's between me and her and God mm-hmm. that I'll be faithful to. That's what the word holy means. It's set apart. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, 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 we talked a few weeks ago about the different loves. Mm-hmm. There is that agape love that's set apart. For you, I think you know, your ministry, your life has, your work is sacred. Mm-hmm. Therefore, faithfulness isn't just a choice. It's something that comes out of that. You you know what is to be held dear and to be pursued every day. And um, I think when people get surprised by, why can't I finish things? It's not sacred. It's, mm-hmm. it, there's, nothing that's, there's nothing pure about it. There's nothing that's holy about it. And when we live in uh, this age where we're just trying to reduce everything and remove sacred things that are sacred, um, it's we've removed that which is sacred about a man and a woman, and we wonder why there's there's so you know affairs or um, you know uh, lack of faithfulness is is, is runs rampant because um, yeah, it's not well, sacred anymore. It's not, and that's what the word profane profane means to take that which is sacred and make it common, mm-hmm. so that you just defined Western culture. Mm-hmm. We have removed. The bound, the sacred boundaries around marriage, around sex, mm-hmm. um, around a lot of uh, entity. Our language is uh, more brutal. You know, it's less kind, it, 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 generally speaking. Um, and we, I think I think that's what political correctness is an attempt to overfunction because mm-hmm. we perceive that. There's a brutality to us, you know. George, you know, the first George Bush said, "A kinder, gentler nation." Well, that's that's we're not we're not digressing into kinder and gentler. Mm-hmm. It's not human life's not sacred. Mm-hmm. Think about your body. I mean, I think about for me. I think I still at 56, I have a very strong desire to take care of my body. It doesn't always override German chocolate cake if it's put in my presence, mm-hmm. but and part of that is is I I do consider. You know, First Corinthians six. Our bodies are holy; they are mm-hmm. sacred. They are temples. You know, they think about that. Think about if you were charged with managing the condition of a temple. Mm-hmm. Wow! Like this is where God lives. Oh my gosh! 
you know, mm-hmm. you, you you would you'd take that really seriously. And the thing, same thing's true of our bodies. The the uh, our callings, I think, is something to well, protect. What we're made into, you know, it, uh, someone's race is sacred. There shouldn't yeah, there shouldn't yeah. be just this justice and fairness is one thing, but. Uh, equality is a is a. I don't think people know really what they're getting after with equality. We, we are to be different. We are to be treated with justice and fairness. But I think oh, it's overarching equality, gender, and race. Someone's race is sacred, and just as uh, Jordan Peterson, someone I've been reading about, some of you may know about. He's a clinical psychologist out of the University of Toronto, and he he's under a lot of fire with. He doesn't agree with the. Um, he doesn't agree that uh, men and women essentially should be paid equally. He doesn't agree with that. Now, that's not something I'm going, I'm not advocating that or, you know, agree that with that. sound you're hearing in the background are tomatoes splashing on the wall. <laughs> Fine. I don't care. <laughs> but um, Serena's either way. Re- Serena and Venus are really mad at you right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't draw as many tickets as the men. So, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. but anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, you just stepped in it. Yeah, I did. It doesn't matter. Um, but what he's, but what I think is important with what he's saying there, his, his, you know, his, what he's coming at is men and women are made differently. We cannot, we cannot just blend that. Their their brains are wired differently. He said he's very strong in saying they're not better. One's not better than the right. other. Yeah. One are, one is better at certain things than the other. That's what I'm certainly saying though, and that if we're not holding gender sacred, that when men in general are wired to hunt and gather, and women are meant to nurture and care, and we just start blending these. He asked the question, why have we not come farther along as a society? Because there's nothing sacred. Mm-hmm. Our gender, our race, our, um, our, our religion, uh, our relationships, nothing is sacred. Yeah. Because it might offend someone. As Jordan Peterson goes on to say, all important things offend people at some point. And so, you know, going back to um even just surface blending the big east and acc it's wrong that's wrong keep it sacred <laughs> keep it sacred it's profane i want to see some new york city thugs play some new york city thugs <laughs> that's all i want you know yeah and i so that's that's our application today is have you identified what's sacred in your life what deserves fences around it to protect it and so you know for you and for me my role as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, the trust people have put in me is sacred to protect that. My body is sacred. Um, the scriptures are sacred. You know, again, if you don't think they're sacred or holy, there's no way that that you're going to pick up and read that. Mm-hmm. It's too. It's too separated culturally from our experience now it has to be you know interpreted and applied it's 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 it requires study so that's sacred to me mm-hmm. um uh, a leather basketball is sacred to me mm-hmm. you know and i don't like mm-hmm. to see that compromised <laughs> <laughs> anything else that's it that's it all right we well today just a reminder that you know in if i ran the world Everybody would stay in college four years and play ball and go to the NBA, and both of them would be better. And if I ran the world, marriage would be sacred. And we hope that you discover who and what is sacred in your life today and protect it. Till next week, this is Charles Braxton with Austin Charles. We'll see you on Chuck.